Assalamualaikum everyone. Today's episode is a very, very beautiful one. Today's episode might be one that might get you to cry. I nearly cried reading some of these answers and I nearly laughed reading some of them. Today's episode is going to be an episode where I asked you guys on Instagram. I wish. These two words are words that can completely change your life. These two words are words that destroy someone's life. These two words are words that build dreams. The statement I wish can make someone become bitter. It can make someone think, I'm worth of nothing. I wish I had this and I don't want anything else. And the two words I wish can make someone become the most ambitious, strong, and, you know, passionate person ever to achieve what they want. This episode is going to cover that. I went on Instagram asking you guys just a couple days back, tell me your wishes. And I had you guys comment them. And I literally was sitting there in my bed at night and I was about to cry reading some of them because they were heartfelt. I relate to a lot of the ones that you guys have said. Some of them, you know, I even relate through trauma perspective. Some I relate through an emotional perspective. Some I relate to from just a general human perspective. I want to talk about your wishes on here. And I want to share as much as advice or as much as, you know, comfort that I can in regards to those wishes. And I hope that this episode emotionally moves you just as much it moved me simply reading your responses. So, inshallah, let's get into I wish. I wish I had a father who took care of my mom. When I read this one, I was about to bawl my eyes out. You know, a lot of these are going to range from really deep to also really lighthearted, but to, you know, break up the emotional movement. But, um... This one in particular was one when I read it, I was, I was just frozen in bed and I was like, oh, crap. You know, it's really unfortunate because among our communities, I think, our mothers, you know, they have been through a lot. They have bared through a lot and they sit through a lot just for their kids. And it's very sad and it's unfortunate because sometimes even after the kids grow up and, you know, you could give them a better life, it's comfort to them now. So they're afraid to leave. And I think it's also very sad that unfortunately lots of you know, of our older generation fathers, they, you know, they have a lot more cultural beliefs, not as to what Islam tells them, you know, sometimes they think that making money's plenty, that's it, and I don't have to take care of the house, I don't have to take care of anything else, I make money, and some don't even do that, and it's it's unfortunate, and it's really heartbreaking, because, you know, I've seen it happen to lots of families, I hear about it a lot, some of my close friends go through it, We've all been through it. And I think it's really sad. But at the same time, you know, I think it's a matter of trying to bear patience and realize that, you know, hopefully we'd like to believe that everyone is trying their best at every given moment. That goes for our fathers, that goes for our mothers. There is this concept in psychology, which is, um, what is it called? I can't remember off the top of my head. I think it's like higher level of needs, something like that. It's like a triangle. And what it essentially goes towards is the bottom level is your necessities. Things that you need to live, shelter, home, food, family, whatnot, providing for them, right? Then going up is like your emotional needs, what your dreams are, your passions, whatnot. Unfortunately, lots of immigrant parents, they don't ever get to climb that ladder because they are stuck so much on the, I need to provide for my house. I need to provide for my family. I need to provide for food on the table. I need to take care of my kids. My kids need diapers. My kids need, you know, their college tuition paid. Like, they're so stuck on that that even when things become better financially they don't ever realize that it that hey you can like climb up the ladder now you can ask yourself am i okay do i want something and a lot of our parents that are they even find therapy to be crazy because they're like why i don't need that but there's nothing wrong with getting therapy i always tell you guys that too i talked about in the cultural episode nothing wrong getting therapy therapy is encouraged by islam get help it helps your spiritual state as well but you know unfortunately they they aren't aware of that and i feel like growing up as children 
we've always had lots of anger towards our parents because of that because it's like oh you don't understand anything like you just don't get how i feel now that i'm older i feel like i look at it and i realize like genuinely they're doing all that they can you know what i'm saying unfortunately you cannot change your parents which is a blessing in a way but you can't tell them to quickly change their mindset after years of years where they were on survival mode and even if things get better financially some parents they just live on survival mode because that's the only mode they know so it is difficult and it is hard and may Allah make it easy for you i wish my online friends would actually be my real friends i agree my online community is amazing and I wish they were my real friends but unfortunately you know you don't get to see them physically all the time and I think that you could be upset about it or you can be grateful that at least I have something positive on my phone to look forward to. I wish I didn't make some of the mistakes I made that make it hard for me to stand in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala today. Okay this is this is a big one and I think we all relate to this one. No matter what you have done in life no matter how many times you've sinned you messed up you fall and no matter how shameful you may feel to stand in front of God, it takes one sincere repentance to realize that I can stand in front of God again with no problem. God will forgive you for things you can't forgive yourself for. And the day you realize that God has forgiven me, so I should try to at least forgive myself, you'll realize that it gets better. God is more loving to you than your own mother. God cares for you more than anyone else ever can. God probably loves you more than you love yourself. Actually, not probably for sure. God for sure loves you more than you love yourself. God knows what's good for you. And you may sometimes go through things that make you think, wow, this is a punishment or wow, God's upset with me. What would God get from being upset with you? What would God get from punishing you? What will God get from being mad against you? And you need to answer those questions and you'll realize that an almighty God will gain nothing. Everything that he does is out of love. Everything that he does is out of goodness. And when you internalize that and you realize that, it gets better. So remember that you're never too shameful to stand in front of God. You're never too shameful to ask for help. You're never too shameful to realize that it takes, you know, repentance to get better. And you're never too shameful to ask for God to help you. And you're never too shameful to ask God for things after you did so much. Trust me. This is what we're alive for. We're alive to worship. We are alive to seek help, to get help, to, you know prosper in our relationship with god and you can have lots of downfalls but you can choose to get up every single time and god will let you get up every single time i wish i had muslim friends to spend ramadan with unfortunately i think we all can agree to this one i think it is sad when you don't have friends around you and a good community around you and even if there are muslim people around you they may exclude you because they already have their friends so they don't feel the need to make new friends or there's not any muslim people around you period so it becomes very lonely and i think the way that i like to take this so I view it from a different perspective. I think, wow, there's nobody here that's Muslim, but God put me here. And on this soil, on this place in the earth, I am worshipping God. There's no Muslims around me. No one believes in Islam. No one believes in Allah here. But I, out of all the people in the world, God chose to put me here. And I'm alone. But I am worshipping, you know, on this ground, in this area, all by myself. There's something really great about this, that God chose to put me here out of everyone else view it like that and it makes it a lot more better i wish my parents taught me how to become a better muslim <sighs> guys we're like in like the third one and my heart's getting heavy unfortunately i think again this comes back to how our parents were wired culturally you know we're just told if you don't pray you go to hell which sucks because if you do pray it makes your heart lighter it makes you better emotionally gets you to heaven you get to an everlasting life of bliss you feel like you have someone with you you feel understood you feel loved you feel happy but we don't say that we just say you go to hell why why are you saying that you know and yeah it's true but there's so much more amazing things that you should tell people that you should you know inform people about and 
I think that unfortunately our culture has never allowed us to experience those things because we've always been so caught up on cultural standards and on playing, you know, roles of what a woman should do, roles of what a man should do, that we forgot that Islam has standards, Islam has things that we should be fulfilling. And that is why I think a lot of parents, they themselves never got to realize it. So what are they going to tell you? But I hope that you take this thing and this reason, you not being a better Muslim, and you take that and you realize that I myself became a better Muslim. And now I will teach that on and I will become, you know, a better parent, a better me for me. I will become a better person. And you take that as an honor because that is the best role that you can play to be a good Muslim. I wish to be successful or to be a doctor or to have a business. May Allah bless you with that. I know lots of us have different dreams, career goals, academic goals, some that root from ourselves, some that root from our families. Whatever they may be, may Allah help you achieve them. And if you do not reach, you know, to, have, to become a doctor, you don't reach to be, get a business, remember that there is something hidden behind everything. And I know that sometimes you don't want to hear that. I know sometimes you don't want to hear that there's something good behind it. I know you don't. I know it's annoying because this is your perfect reality. You want it as you want it. But sometimes, really... When you realize that God loves you more than you love yourself, you're going to have to love to trust him a lot more than you even trust yourself. I wish I could behave myself and act like a quote, quote, decent woman. I think a lot of times culture tells us that if you're a woman that even wants to go to the mosque, you are a shameful, horrible, you know, hellbound woman. If you are a woman that has to go to the grocery store to get something, you know, you are going to go to hell. And I think that they tell us that we don't act decent over little, little things. I think that as long as you know you're, what you're doing Islamically is right, and, you know, you're following the deen as your best ability, know that you are, you know, trying your best to follow the um, the image of the mothers of the believers and whatnot. May Allah be pleased with all of them. And, you know, be patient with yourself. Be loving towards yourself. And realize that how other people label you isn't you. I wish I got closer to the deen a lot more earlier. Unfortunately, I think we all missed this. I think we all agree with this one. And you know what I feel like I learned? I feel like if I was always close to the deen, growing up i just feel like i wouldn't value it i don't think i would have valued it enough and that's why they tell you that god gives you what you need at the right time this isn't just for people this isn't just for situations this isn't just for careers this is also for the dean sometimes you know you're in a trial and you don't have the dean you have no clue what it's about you don't understand it you don't understand god you don't understand you know the concept of religion and i feel like if you were to understand it at that point, maybe you would have brutally abused it. Maybe you would have been very hateful towards it. And that is why I feel like it's in our worst pain that we learn about religion. Because when you have someone that rescues you and comforts you through your worst pain, that thing becomes the love of your life. And that's why I feel like through pain, we always find God. Through pain, we always find the Dean. Because, and we always take that out as well, even outside of our pain, because then we realize what love actually is. We realize what healing actually is, and those things come through pain. And so although you may wish that you were a better person sooner, you did more things, and you didn't do some of the things that you did and whatnot, but realize that now you are here, now you are close to God, you're listening to an Islamic podcast, you maybe prayed Fajr, you know, you prayed your prayers, maybe you're in bed now, maybe you are the Quran today, you are growing, you have found the deen, and inshallah, you're on your path to Jannah. I wish that you don't have to go through certain things in life like anxiety, depression, etc. This rounds back to what I said earlier. You know, again, if you don't go through these things, you're never going to realize what it means to be happy. If I live in a state of happiness forever and ever and ever since the day I came out of the womb till I die, I will think that happy is normal. And happiness is normal, but it's it's not as normal in this generation as it should be. But I would never know what it means to be sad. And I feel like if you never know what it means to be sad, you're never going to 100% find yourself. I think finding yourself, creating yourself, becoming a good person 
It comes through sadness. I really do believe that it comes through being lost. It comes through having nothing to want something. It comes from something and nothing. Like it really comes from a really dark place. And that is what also helps you find the deed because then you realize that while I am nothing, there's something out there that is a higher purpose, that is a higher level and I can achieve that and I can establish that and I can embrace that and I can become the best me and I can establish the best me in faith. So I think that that is one big reason why we do go through sadness, why we go through anxiety, why we go through depression because you are never going to realize the value of anything good if you don't see bad. I wish I didn't make mistakes. I feel like in life, you know, everything is qadr and yeah, you have free will, yeah, you mess up. But you need to remember that your mistakes, ultimately, they make you. People don't like to hear that. People take that as a bad thing. People are like, oh, now my mistakes make me. I'll never be able to separate from them. Well, who said that was a bad thing? You made a bad mistake. You made a bad choice. You did a bad thing. You made a bad decision. You made a bad mistake. But that doesn't make you a bad you. Ultimately, you took a bad mistake and chose to become a good you. And I think that that, if anything, is absolutely magical. It's powerful and it's beautiful. Because when you made so many bad mistakes, but you still end up on the better side, I think that says a lot about you as a person. So don't take your bad mistakes, you know, as something that belittles you or something that makes you a bad individual as a whole. Don't associate the bad that you have committed to you. It's a part of you, but it's not all of you. You know what I'm saying? It made you you today, but don't take one bad mistake and put that on a put that on your forehead as a label and be like, you know, I committed this sin, I committed this, I did this bad thing. I'm never going to get better. Who said? You know, I read this thing today. It was about learned helplessness, which is essentially a concept where, you know, like at one point you're so depressed that even when you could get out of it, you choose not to. And they did this experiment, which is it's kind of sad. But, you know, like they put dogs on like this electrical shock type of thing. And when they could even jump on the other side to get out of it, to avoid any pain, they didn't. And that's exactly what human beings are like. I'm not comparing y'all to dogs. I'm just saying situational wise where you're depressed. And even when you see the other side, you see it's getting better there, you choose not to go. So learned helplessness is a very bad thing and we should all avoid it. And sometimes making bad mistakes put us in that place where we think that's never going to get better and that we are our mistakes and you're not. Those things are part of you. Those things are a journey of you. But that is not the destination. That's not you. I wish I could truly love myself and stop being so hard on myself. I understand that one too. I think for a very long time in my life, I never loved myself. And if you could tell me any second that I could be anyone else, I would take it. If you could tell me that I could be anyone else, I'd be like, I'll be it, take me right now. Because I was so desperate to be anyone except me. But I think the thing that I've learned is how do you measure yourself? And again, I, I mentioned I'm going to make an episode on this soon. How do you measure yourself? Do you measure yourself by the way that people treat you? Do you measure yourself by the way that people talk about you? Do you measure yourself by the way that people look at you? By the way that people associate with you? Do you measure yourself by the, how many compliments you get? By the clothes that you wear? Or do you measure yourself by your worship? By the way that you are in the eyes of God? By the way that you take time out to become a better Muslim when all the odds are against you? I tried my best to measure myself with the last one i try to measure myself with how good of a muslim am i trying to become lots of times you're not gonna be a good one right lots of times you're gonna mess up you might miss prayers but it's about the inside it's about how bad do you want it how hard are you trying how, what is your intention like that is what you should measure yourself with and as a muslim i think all of us that are genuinely trying to become better we all have a little bit of burning passion in us of where we want to become better we want to pray all five prayers sunnah prayers we want to finish the reading quran finish reading the quran we want to do so many amazing things right Take that and make that your self-confidence and make that your worth and realize that you have so much passion in you. Your career, your goals, whatnot, they're going to they're gonna die with you. The day you die, that's going to go. 
but the confidence and the emotion that you rooted in your faith is what will live on. I wish I could travel back in time and change the decision that I made. I think that I would, I was, well, yeah, I think I, I said this before too in like another Q&A that I wish I could have done that too. But at the same time, it comes back to that discussion where your past mistakes are, they're just a part. They're not all. And certain decisions, they suck. And I sometimes look back at my decisions and I'm like, what an idiot. What were you on? But I think about them now and I'm like, well, if I never did them, I wouldn't be here. If I never did them, y'all wouldn't see a podcast today, by the way. I made so many stupid choices with myself as well. And not it's not necessarily haram things. It's just like, I guess you could say like carelessness towards myself. You know, depression towards myself and whatnot towards myself that I wish I never did because I, I sucked in it for years. And But at the same time, if I didn't, I don't think I would have been here today. The next one says, I wish I actually do things when I say I'll do them instead of procrastinating. Very interesting. I get lots of discussions on procrastination and I'm going to tell you guys the biggest trick that I learned. The way that I like to view things, okay, worldly things, homework, going to school, going to work, you know, cleaning your house, whatever. I say to myself, the faster I do it, the faster I get done. If I get up and I start right now, you know, at 540, I might get done by six o'clock. But if I choose to sit here till 540, till six o'clock for 20, 30 minutes and just sit there and think, oh, I have to do this. Oh, I don't want to do it. I hate doing it. And I look at, there's a pile of laundry. It's just getting bigger. I know I have to put that clothes away and then I have to clean this. And after I just think about it, I'm wasting time. Because then when I start at six o'clock, I'm going to finish by what? 640. When I could have just done it sooner. That's my point. Like you can do so many things sooner if you just get up. Sometimes I don't even like force myself. I don't even like think about it twice. You know, a lot of people, they say one of the hardest things for them to do is actually to wake up for Fajr. And you know what I have found? um first of all consistency the pattern it really helps your body but don't even think about it some people you know they hear the alarm for fajr and they go oh it's fajr time it's 5 40 it's so cold i don't want to get up do i have to get up i feel horrible you know i'm gonna have to go to wudu the water's cold i, should, I don't even think about it i'm just like get up out of bed just put that blanket off me and i'm like let's go because like look you know, you're gonna get you're gonna get in the cold water. It is what it is. It's gonna happen regardless, right? Then you just do your prayer and then you'll go to bed. It's a matter of five, ten minutes, you'll be fine. Like stop thinking so much about what you have to do and just do it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying don't sit there and make sincere intentions or prayer. You should do that. When it comes to the waking up part about Fajr, don't sit there and like ponder in your bed. There's some people you wake them up, they're like, Okay, yeah, I'm awake, I'm just coping and they're laying there in bed for like five minutes just thinking about life and they end up falling asleep again, they end up wake up again. Just, just shut up and wake up, okay? Just just don't even think twice about it. Just pull that blanket off and be like, I'm gonna come back to this bed anyway in like ten minutes, okay? But this prayer is not gonna come back. I wish I could marry him. Oh, this one's kind of sad. I'm sorry to hear that. You know, a lot of times it's actually I wish I couldn't. I didn't have to marry him. You know, that's one. That's the one that I hear quite often. But I wish I could marry him. Okay. You know, your wish not might be in vain. I mean, I think it's very possible. Again, I'm not saying to cling on to hope and whatnot. But it's possible, you know, if you're not living in the gray areas. If you know that, inshallah, like this person actually is honest and they have the intention. Then it might work out. You know, just continue to make dua. Um, and if the unfortunate case is that you can't actually get married to him, then take it as a no and don't live in the gray area of I wish, but I wish, I wish it turned out this way. If only this happened, no. It's a no. It was meant to be a no. That's just how it is. You know what I'm saying? There's so many people that you will meet, you know, in your life that you will think are really amazing, great people and they're your perfect person. But you can't be with them no matter how ideal they are, no matter how perfect they are. You can't be with them. 
and for people like that you know make dua for them make dua that allah grants you someone like them or them in the hereafter you know nothing's impossible everything is possible right with the help of dua but don't live in a gray area if, if, if it's a no it's a no that's it let's wrap it up let's keep going i wish i was brave enough to wear the hijab this broke my heart listen it's not about bravery. Sometimes it is just about keeping faith in God. Lots of women that wear their hijab don't actually do it out of bravery. Yes, it takes bravery. Yes, it takes bravery to walk on that path. And even as weak as you may feel, you are brave for even thinking about doing it and going about that journey. But realize that it happens a lot with firm faith in God. No one can harm you when God is by you. No one can harm you when God intends something for you. If you're scared that you're going to wear the hijab, people are going to judge you. People are going to stare at you. People will. It's okay. But when God is by your side, that that means like, girl, like you got it all. You're pleasing God. You're on the right track. And no matter what happens, no matter what these people think that you're not even going to see again in like two months, it don't matter because you have chosen that path for yourself. I know it's scary and I highly encourage this advice to all my girls. If you are so terrified to wear the hijab that you're like, I can't do it at all. I want you to start wearing it to the grocery store. I want you to start wearing it to, you know, the mall. Wear it places where you're never going to have to see those people again. And then you're slowly going to get so comfortable with it that you'll be like, this is a part of my identity. So when it comes time to wear to school, to wear to college, wear to work, it's going to be kind of natural because you're going to know how to navigate people. You're going to know how to navigate, you know, the questions, whatever, maybe the stairs. You'll know how to get through it. I wish I could marry my crush. What is going on, guys? What is going on? Why are we simping? What is going on? Seems like y'all girls are caught simping. Is this a girl who said this? Let me check. That was a brother. Brother, close your computer for me. Close your computer for me. X out the tab. You got caught simping. Ashamed. Just kidding. It was a girl that said, I wish I could marry him too. So it's whatever. Right? I'm, I'm not judging y'all. But um, that's the first time I've seen a guy simp. So, okay. Okay. You wish you could marry your crush. Again, you know. In Islam, the thing about having crushes and stuff like that, like, it's not haram, but you need to know, like, it's about how you go about it. If you have a crush and you're constantly not lowering your grades, you're constantly stalking them, flirting with them, that's a problem. If you have a crush and you straight up, you know, you're really honest about it, you go about it the halal way, you know, it's it's great, no problem. But, um, yeah, please be careful because, you know, crushes and things like that, I feel like in our generation, those are the things that really make people go off the track of like they feel confused because they don't know what to do it's like i like this person but what do i say i like this person want to keep a halal like go about it as if you would have went about it if you were going to marry someone you know if it was arranged no offense you know a lot of times when it's arranged we do it okay unfortunately people hate arranged marriages but arranged marriages most of them some of them actually end up more successful than loved ones okay arranged marriages you go about it in a really strict halal way because you don't know the person and whatever it is you're just like okay let's just answer a b c d you know my friend told me about this guy once who literally used to talk to her for 10 minutes every day that's it he used to like send a list of questions not even 10 minutes he used to send the list of questions he had he's like okay you can answer it and then i'll talk to you tomorrow like he did not do excessive conversation with her which is i found that like a really good thing because you know we get so caught up in excessive convo and spinning in circles with the opposite gender if you like someone and that's not a good thing to do at all so keep it halal keep it short keep it simple and may god make it work out I wish I didn't have a big sister that hate me, parentheses, family issues. Don't worry. I'll be your big sister. Hire me, adopt me, whatever. I don't know. But um, on a real note, I understand that that can be difficult because it's like they're your siblings. You can't cut them off. They're your family. You can't get rid of them. But it's also like you feel like they have a problem against you. And I mentioned this in another episode previously. 
sometimes you actually have to look at the person and think is this person doing this out of vain or does this person actually have an issue and having an issue again is not a bad thing people always try to make it seem like oh this person's crazy no sometimes people do have problems and they don't actually realize that they have something and so you have to evaluate them with a very honest and non-judgmental psychological way as to what do you think that this person is kind of leaning towards is there an issue or is this person just hateful towards me if you find this person to just be hateful towards you and only you then definitely i think that's obviously a conversation that you're supposed to have but at the same time you know there's certain people that no matter how many times you converse with them about something they don't care which is why at that point you just gotta take a step back and protect your own peace protect your own sanity your own vibes because no protect your deen your iman whatnot because people like that can literally make you really bitter next one inshallah i wish to reach a level of peace that it becomes my strength this is beautiful and i agree with this one i think that is very important to understand the peace within us and things that make us happy so it can become our strength so when we are sad when we are going through depression when we are going through hard times we can take that and make that our strength and make that our comfort through bad times it's very important to find strength and to find comfort within yourself and not other people and not other you know situations and substances and whatnot within yourself as you are who you are i wish one day my only worry will be that i did not pray my salah on time that's beautiful inshallah that will be the case and you know again this is one of the things that i tell everyone like the best piece of advice that i can give you is consistency you do not have to do a lot but if you do little and you do it consistently it will make it so much more easier for you to build up and actually be a pro at what you do people who gain loads of knowledge really quickly you know sometimes they don't revise it sometimes it slips through and it's like you're better off going slowly on the journey make intention of learning lots of things and you'll get rewarded for it and then Go on the journey slowly. Enjoy the journey. You know what I'm saying? You're never going to have this phase in your life where you're going to be like the most perfect, knowledgeable person and everyone will just praise you for it. You're forever going to have to keep going. So that's that. The next one, I wish I wasn't so mentally ill and was easier to love. Everyone in one way, shape or form has, you know, a mental health problem. This isn't something to belittle yourself on. You know, I think we all have them at some degree. So it isn't a bad thing, but you should recognize it and also seek help for it. But realize that you are not hard to love for the right person. I am a firm believer in that. And for me, that's like a forever belief because I just don't see how you can be too much for someone that is right for you. Of course, you don't have bad days, hard days, whatever, where you feel like the other person doesn't understand you, whatnot. That's normal. But, um... You know when someone's like completely irritated of you, they hate the idea of you, or they're like, oh, she's so too, she's too much, or you know, he's too much. Like, I don't think that that would ever be the case with the right person. So no, you're not hard to love. You are just being misunderstood by the people around you. And unfortunately, maybe you are loving people that don't know how to love as a whole in a general in a general sense. There's lots of people that talk about love, that talk about wanting to be loved and loving someone, but they don't actually even know what love is. You know, love, I think, in my opinion, this is, are we getting cheesy? Are we simping? Okay, stop, stop. Should I share my, de okay, my definition, my opinion, I think love is someone that cares for your ahira, okay? Because you can meet lots of people in this world that will love you, that will take care of you, that will care for you financially. But that's like on a dunya level. You don't want someone that can just love you on a dunya level. You want something even everlasting. You want something longer than that. So my opinion is that, right? Okay, 
We're done. We're done something. Next question. I wish that my mom would revert because even when she dies, I cannot make doll for her. This is really sad. And I think this is one of those cases where, you know, they say like Allah guides to whom he wills and you can make an endless amount of du'as. And then unfortunately, in some cases, the things don't even work out the way that you want them to. And I feel like this is so disheartening because, you know, you really, you're like, they're a good person. I wish, you know, God would guide them. But unfortunately, I think everyone has their color written in some way, shape or form. And we are all a little bit blind and a little bit deaf to certain things in life. I am, we all are, we all have certain things that we don't care for some people don't care for religion some people don't want to hear about religion some people find islam to be you know a waste of time so it's unfortunate but um inshallah you know while she is alive while she is alive you can you know try your best to make lots of dua and efforts and whatnot but remember that inshallah you know god will always do its best even if you don't like it even if it's bitter hearted towards you even if you feel like you know i don't, I don't know what to say but like your heart stings because of it you know know that it is forever going to be better than your imagination of a perfect reality again i got lots of ones that are similar to this i wish i was more involved in my religion at a younger age and i think this comes back to the discussion of well you're not going to know about religion unless you were you know unless god willed for you there's certain routes where you learn about religion from some of you are probably learning it through a podcast some of you learned it through going to mandrasa some of you were actually very very vigorously seeking knowledge at a young age we all have different stories right but we're all here trying to learn and grow and as individuals i think that is what makes us amazing but um the thing is about it at a younger age is again you have to go through certain crap to realize the value of what you have and to realize the value of religion once you get it right this one's kind of sad i wish i didn't find it so hard to eat i can understand that you know people with eating disorders i have talked to some that also are struggling this ramadan you know be patient with yourself really you know some people they get so quick to get irritated and i was kind of like that too with myself where if i ever got sick you know if i ever got a fever i was like Hush. So fever shut up okay keep going keep working keep doing this like i was really harsh on myself and that was a problem with me for the past like two three months as well you know where i was going to the hospital urgent care doctor whatnot and i was sitting there still trying to do my homework still trying to do everything trying to record podcasts and like i felt horrible it was just you know sometimes we're very vigorous with ourselves and sometimes you need to be patient with yourself and you know take it slow i know that that's very cliche advice but sometimes you really do need to be patient because sometimes our brains are really overstimulated and i read this thing and i was talked about it lots of people as well where our brains are always very overstimulated always lights colors you know running around doing this task that task this homework this work what it's always something right and they say that you should practice sitting in a room staring at a blank wall for 10 minutes doing nothing no phone no playing with your fingers no playing with like a little rubber band nothing just sit there and just stare at the wall thinking about nothing for 10 minutes and then you slowly increase 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 and this helps your brain a lot with overstimulation that's something i'm going to try to get into soon inshallah so let's see how that goes uh this one's kind of funny <laughs> it's not but it's kind of funny i wish you would ask for my hand in marriage already i roll emoji mm -hmm. girl two routes i'm telling you two routes tell the guy that you're not going to talk to him until he asks for your hand in marriage he either goes crazy and says that you're being the worst person ever to walk the planet or he says okay i'll come and then like within a day and a half of not talking to you he'll pop up at your house i'm telling you men are like that they really are so um i'm saying that like i've experienced i'm no <laughs> i'm just telling you from what i think from a psychological perspective they're like that and what the stories i've heard but um they'll come just just do that trust me i had a girl 
who's a revert and she was really worried about like her man and whatnot and you know she used to text me about it she was like i'm so worried he hasn't asked did it i was like stop talking to him stop talking to him for like a couple of days and tell him that you're not going to talk to him until he asks for a hand in marriage and he's serious and whatnot bro she got married a little while ago and then she texted me she's like oh my god i got married i'm so happy and i was like great mashallah like you know it works every time I wish my brother and father took Islam more seriously. This is again coming back to the discussion where some people there are aware of Islam, they know what Islam is, but they just don't understand the sweetness of Iman. I think that's one of those things where if you haven't felt how beautiful faith is, faith is going to just be a chore for you. And to realize and feel how beautiful faith is, you have got to indulge in it with your 100% full open heart. You have to sit there and be ready to accept it. You can't sit there and be like, oh, why do I have to pray five times a day? Why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do that? Why do I have to read the Quran? Stop thinking like that. Indulge in what you're doing with a 100% full, complete heart. Take it in. Love it, love it and be ready to heal from it. So many people say, oh, well, faith never healed me. I never got healed through Islam. Well, did you ever enter Islam with the concept of I wanting to be healed? I wish I could get healed. I wish it would get better. Did you ever look at the advice that God tells you about, you know, trying to become a better person and the hadiths and the sunnah and whatnot? Did you ever do it with like an open mind and heart and like actually try to practice it in your life? Because if you did, then I, I can assure you that change would be a lot more bigger and common really as a whole. It's just one of those things, man. I don't even know what to tell you. But as an overall, I think one thing that always helps with family that doesn't practice is, you know, be open and honest and practice around them. They may laugh at you. They'll insult you. They'll humiliate you. Continue to do it. And persistence is key when they see the way that you don't care about what they're saying is going to start to interest them in one way shape or form whether it's through hatred or whether it's through interest like genuine but be patient always make the offer them and realize that it is god that guides okay i have so many situations in my life where i thought to myself if i can convert this person I will feel like I won. If I will be able to make this person take their shahada, this person come on the right path, this person leave alcohol and drugs and, you know, uh, crazy lifestyle, I will feel like I finally did something good. And these are feelings that I still go through. You know, this podcast, Alhamdulillah, blessed me with the ability to see lots of girls, um, you know, revert, will revert and, you know, experience those things firsthand on the phone and whatnot. It's beautiful. But, you know, growing up through, you know, this whole phase and even just through the podcast, it was always like I had certain people, in, you know, in my life that I was like, I wish these people would take their shahada or I wish these people would talk to me about Islam or I wish that, okay, this person did revert, but why aren't they talking to me? You know, I had people in my life that were really close to me that reverted and it was great. It was great and it felt like a dream. It felt amazing. And then out of nowhere, they stopped talking to me out of nowhere, you know, things fell off or out of nowhere like i found out the truth about something and it's so heartbreaking because it's like i wanted it to be different i wanted them to know i wanted them to see i wanted them to experience the faith but unfortunately it was never in my hands and i feel like that was one of those things that i'm still learning every single day that you know i did whatever i could i i'm a type of person that sometimes always thinks that there was a shortness on my end but now i always tell myself like i did the best that i really could have in the situations that i was in with you know the way that i live i like i was open and honest you know if i have someone that lives near me that wants to revert i will call you to my house i will feed you i'll take care of you i'll do everything you know whatnot but unfortunately first of all people around me they don't even care <laughs> they're all really strict christians and whatnot but just generally and then if it's online like i'm gonna get on a call with you we're gonna talk i'm gonna try to help you i'll send you useful links videos whatnot but like you know there's certain people in life that you will inshallah like you'll be um an in-between person 
right? Because at the end of the day, it's God that guides. It's not us. It's not us. It's not me. Anytime people say that I guide them, I, I didn't. It was God that made something change inside your heart, right? I'm just an in-between random person, right? <clears throat> um, So it's God that guides even those people. And if someone's not guided and you've tried your hardest, don't worry. It's it's on God's hands. Whew. Okay, this one is dark, okay, guys? get a, get Hold on to something because this one's going to hit. I wish I could shower without feeling like someone's watching me. The trauma never left. Okay. Okay. That's deep. Let's talk about it. Unfortunately, so many beautiful sisters have gone through, you know, assault and rape and things like that. And it's sad because we don't talk about it among our communities. And we instantly like to ask the girl, what did you do? What were you wearing? What did you look like that day? What did you do? You did something wrong. Did you have an enmity with someone? You know, there's genuinely like there's countries in the world where women are wearing burkas and they get raped for pff, no reason, right? Just because men are monsters in some places, unfortunately. Sorry, men. You know, it's okay. If if you're if you're a man, listen to this, and you you don't don't take offense. Don't take offense, okay? You you will relate with me if you are going to be honest. There are some men that are complete monsters for no reason. You know, women are literally wearing burkas. They get raped, and men are like. Well, communities are like, well, what did you do? Uh, exist? Exist? And it's so unfortunate because, you know, it's the little things like this in your everyday life that I think we take for granted. You know, how many times have me and you taken a hot shower and not having to worry about anything like this? How many times have we been able to come home and take a bath and not have to worry about anything like this? This was an eye-opener for me. Every single little experience that you go through, be blessed. Be grateful for it. And for this girl in particular that felt this way, I hope that God heals your trauma. There's so many traumas that might not get healed on this earth, but you will be paid 100% full recompense for it in the hereafter. You may be emotionally traumatized, but you will inshallah be spiritually healing. And with God's love, you know, it's it, you know, everything won't be perfect overnight, but it's a journey and it's a journey that you were walking on and you are alive today. And I am proud of you for that. You have a hundred reasons to quit. Just that one alone is a big one. But you choose to get up every day and continue to go. And I think that we are all, as listeners, are proud of this person who commented that. <sighs> that was heavy. May Allah really provide healing for that. And, you know, people like that, like people that do do such severe trauma, I promise you, yo. Like, <laughs> God, God watches all. I, that's, you know, there's there's comfort in knowing that if I didn't take revenge and I hold myself back, God is surely going to do what's right every time. I wish I had my dad to be at my wedding with my children, but he passed when I was young. I talked about this in another episode where we tend to view death as a very selfish thing. Where we say, you know, this person was really important to me. I cared about this person. And, you know, we view it from our perspective. But if your dad or whoever it may be that passed away was a good Muslim, hopefully, inshallah, you know, they were a practicing person, their grave is probably a lot more comfortable than their bed. A lot more comfortable than this world and a lot more comfortable than anything that they could ever experience. So, of course, make dua for them and make thought that they're in a comfort state you know your grave can be an amazing place if you were an amazing person here if you tried your best here why won't why, why can't it not you know what i'm saying it's just an in-between you know of course before the day of judgment but it can be more comfortable than your bed if god had wished so inshallah that is the case for him i mean i wish i had a family to eat sahur with but i'm only a revert this is so sad because i can understand this I have seen so many cases where I have girls had told me about this and the person who commented this was a brother. But, you know, I, it's so sad because you wake up alone, you go and you're just eating your food and then, you know, you pray Fajr back to bed alone, you know, and then time for iftari, open up alone. 
you know, some, some friends, they just eat at like restaurants alone because their family wouldn't understand about the whole iftari situation. And I just feel so sad because I know it feels lonely. And it's one of those things where it's like, you love what you have, but you just wish you had someone to do it with. So may Allah grant, you know, all of you guys, righteous family and whatnot to do it with. As a girl, you know, whenever we get our periods within Ramadan or something happens or you get sick and you have to make up your fasts later on in the year, you know, there were times when I had my period and I had to make it up later and I wouldn't have anyone else to wake up with. You know, my mom, my sister, like no one would wake up with me. I just have to do it alone. I turn on my own alarm and have to get up alone. And I used to feel horrible. I was like, this is, this sucks. I, I used to sit up like, bro, I'm sad. It's dark and I'm sad. And But it was still like, you know, I can't complain because for reverts, it's even worse. At least I knew that in 15 minutes, my family was going to wake up and pray budget, right? But for reverts, that's not even the case. So may Allah bless all of you with, you know, good people to be around. I highly praise those people on social medias that do like iftari and seri live streams. I feel like those are really helpful for reverts. You have someone talking and something playing in the background. And I hope that maybe at least listen to my podcast makes you guys feel a little bit less lonely. Inshallah. I wish every Muslim enters Jannah. Inshallah. Inshallah. That is a beautiful one. May we all, you know, pray for that. Ameen. So this is a situation that a sister wrote about uh, how she wishes the situation would be different. How someone proposed, but their I think their parents disagreed, and the guy stopped trying, and it fell through, and whatnot. And again, this routes back to you know, certain things happen for a reason. You may be so upset that you know his parents said no, but it could have been a hidden blessing that he probably wasn't going to be good for you. You know, a lot of men, a lot of women, just you know, when you talk to them, you're with them, like the first six to eight months, you're like, okay, this is genuinely a good person. But then maybe you find out something about them that will completely dishearten the whole situation. You never know what you're being rescued from. You really don't. I wish bad people wouldn't control the world anymore. You know, that's one of the signs, I believe, of the end times. But I think what's comforting is knowing that God is the best judge and God is the best at justice in every way, shape, or form. Because you know that no matter what these people do right now, they will pay for it. They will. And that that's always great. I wish my iman wouldn't fluctuate so much. So this is a beautiful one. And, you know, I think we're told in a hadith where iman is like clothes. You are going to have to renew it. It's going to wear out. You're going to have to redo it over and over and over again. You know, it was referred to as a shirt because, you know, over time shirts wear out. So your iman is very similar to that. It will wear out over time and you do have to ask God to help you gain iman again and try again. So even though your iman does fluctuate, I think one thing that even I struggle with is that is like, my iman fluctuates so much and then when it does fluctuate, I'm like, I need more this time to make myself feel like, you know, I'll be on a more consistent path, which isn't a bad thing, but sometimes it can really lead to burnout. But it was something like that. That's my situation where it's like I it fluctuates and then when I am at a low, which I'm going to be honest with you guys, it's been kind of difficult, especially when you're a girl and you get your period during Ramadan, like you just sit there and you're like, now what? Because, you know, when you look at the things you can do when you're on your period, you know, you could do dhikr, send salawat about, um, on the Prophet, peace be upon him. And, you know, you can do different things, help out, um, learn about 99 names. What There are things you could do. I bet you, I bet if you're a girl, you know about those things. But, like, a part of you just feels bad because it's like it's Ramadan. People are fasting. People are praying. Tarawi. People are finishing the Quran. And you're just like, hee <laughs> hee. 
hi, I have my period. <laughs> it's not your fault. And, you know, it's not something you should feel bad over. But I think it is normal to kind of feel a little bit bad. But I genuinely do think that you shouldn't feel bad about the situation. Because, you know, it was written by Allah. It, it happens. It happens to all of us. It's okay. Don't feel upset about it. I am also telling myself that a lot today as well. Where I'm like, it's okay. It's going to go up. It's going to go down. And inshallah, after you go down, there's nowhere to go except up. So... Um, take time out to find what makes your iman feel loved and find what makes you feel like your faith is you know not just um in your heart but also something that makes you feel loved and like you have a purpose every day i think one big thing that changed my life that i'm still trying to apply i'm still trying to apply this is living more intentionally not doing things on autopilot I'm recording a podcast. Why am I recording a podcast? Well, I'm recording it because I wanted to get out to people. I want to get good deeds. I want this to help me on the day of judgment, right? If you're reading Quran, why are you reading Quran? Well, I want to finish at the end of Ramadan. Why do you want to finish at the end of Ramadan? Because I want to get good deeds. I want to know that I finished Allah's book, you know, in a month where everything is so much more of its reward. Okay, you are studying. Why are you studying Islamic knowledge? What are you going to do with this? So I feel like that is something that I'm trying to tell myself to do more because I have the initial intention. But sometimes I tend to forget because I'm like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. And then I completely forget about actually sometimes sitting there and pondering upon my actions, which I think also helps a lot with your iman. I wish to be more pretty and smart, sis. I can promise you. I bet you already are pretty, mashallah. You know, the thing is about beauty, I just feel like beauty's great. You know, girls, y'all are pretty, but... You know, at one point, it's like, what do you want to be known for? I'm going to tell you guys something, and this is going to be... I don't know if I should mention this. Essentially, I saw this video on TikTok where I'm not going to say who, I'm not going to say what. You know, I've seen situations like this often where girls that, you know, are... That work out, that take care of their body. Again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Um, you could be, you know, Muslim, as Muslims are told to take care of our body, but you know, like women that work out and they wear super, super tight clothes and you know, whatnot. And, um, I saw this video where literally everyone was just taking pictures of, you know, a girl's butt because that was, that's what she was known for. And it's not like that's the first time I've seen that happen. It was an influencer on social media. That was her brand, right? And I'm not trying to criticize her. I don't, I don't even know her, but, um, I've seen that case happen a lot where different fitness influencers, models, celebrities, their whole brand is their butt or their body. And that's all people care about them for. And so they're pretty because they have that. They're pretty because they dress that way. They're pretty because their body's like that way. And I can tell that, you know, like as a woman, whether you're famous or whether you are not, I think that I don't think it takes a genius to put two and two together that that is depressing. Really, like imagine everyone knowing you, respecting you, complimenting you only because you had a nice body, only because that is what you got famous for. It sucks. That is suffocating. And so as Muslim women, you know, you are so caught up on, I want to be more pretty, I want to be more pretty. You are pretty and you are fine as you are. Learn to understand that and learn to not feel the need to compare yourself to beauty standards that have nothing to do with you. Those standards have nothing to do with us, okay? God has made us. God does not make mistakes either. And 
smartness that's no trust me everyone is smart on something whenever people used to say this i was like i'm gonna punch the wall i'm not gonna talk to you you know because i've never I, I i always struggled to find the thing that i was smart at smart is something that goes far outside of school i can tell you that for a fact i wish i had the strength to take my shahada and tell my family sis you can you can do it right now if you wish i'm telling you there it takes way more strength to be in the same place thinking about what you wish you could do thinking about how you dream your life would be thinking about how you want to practice a faith it takes so much more strength to just sit there and think about it instead of just doing it sometimes you got to do it and you got to find loopholes you have to you know excuse yourself from certain places you know totally act like you weren't praying there's a lot that goes into it but it's so much more freedom just doing what you wish and you know knowing that it's also right knowing that what you did was right and then just going it and then you know just that's it like this is my decision no one can change my mind and it's dangerous and yeah there's some families where you know the parents are gonna go crazy but it's like you know that if something was to happen to at least you would be a muslim and at least you know there's certain families that are literally ready to kill their children if they revert but hey man at least you'll be muslim like it's a dub you know i know that that sounds so that sounds so mean no but listen when you adapt the faith it becomes greater than anything it becomes greater than you know your life right now the dunya like it's something that you take to heart now i'm not saying to stay in a situation like that because you know you're muslim and you'll go to heaven no like of course you have to take care of yourself but you have to remember that there's no fear no one can harm you god is by your side and inshallah you know what whatever happens will work out good in your favor I do want to mention if anyone is interested in reverting or they're like want to revert but they're confused or they have questions or they just want to do it bro feel free to dm me on instagram and just let me know that you're interested i have had lots of young girls you know tell me and i will i have lots of different resources that i can send you if you want to take a shahad i can get on a call with you and help you um so please just feel free to reach out because some people don't know how and they they want to take their shahada but they feel confused about the prayers i have a bunch of resources that i can send you please please you know if you're interested let me know this one's a good one I wish Islam wasn't actually so missing among the Muslim communities, i.e. the way that we treat each other and whatnot. Facts. So well said. You know what? It's kind of like a label. It's so unfortunate. But when you actually look at, you know, the way that we treat people, unfortunately, sometimes at mosques, the way that we, you know, cut people off, the way that, you know, in a rude way, the way that we degrade people the way we roll our eyes at people the way that we say you know unfortunately even like i don't want to say tribes but you know groups the way that we create groups based off of you know ethnicities and backgrounds and whatnot and it's like oh i'm an arab so don't hang out with me i'm pakistani i don't want anyone else different around me i feel like it is so rude because it's not like us you know what i'm saying growing up with my friends when i used to live in new york and it was a really diverse place we were one of those kids that like if we saw a kid sitting in a corner and it doesn't matter what your background was but if you had no friends we would bug you we would be like hey you want to go play tag hey you want to eat something with us like hey can i try some of your food like we would do anything just to start small talk with you so you could come and sit with us and you know what it's like stupid stuff that starts small talk you know we'd invite them to go play or whatever it may be or hey do you want to come talk in our circle we're playing this this game and it's little things like that i'm sorry my, did my voice cut <laughs> it's little things like that that um it's like it makes it special because 
you you know you reunite over stupid stuff and it's it's a lot more lighthearted but unfortunately after moving i noticed that people don't do that they don't care if you're sitting in a circle they don't care if you're crying they don't care if you're ballistically going crazy in a corner they don't care and i feel like it's very hostile and i feel like we should really fix that among our communities inshallah this is one that came up a lot. I wish I was perfect enough for my parents. I wish I could make them proud. You know what? Our parents, I feel like they have such high expectations <laughs> that sometimes I don't even think we could fulfill them. I think that if you know that every single day you're genuinely trying your hardest and you are okay with where you are at in life and if you're not okay, learn to be okay with it, then that's okay. Because when you learn to be content, eventually, slowly but surely, you know, it comes off on other people and your parents, your parents will forever have expectations. I think the way that you measure yourself should be am i fulfilling my spiritual expectations and if you are you know after that everything else is secondary so don't take too much of it to heart my mom you know growing up she was one of those people that were like oh you know so and so did this what are you doing and you know she used to unintentionally compare and then I, we we talked to her a lot about this like stop don't do that you know she, she didn't she never meant it but you know what i mean um and then over time like i made it really evident with her and I had lots of, you know, conversations with her that didn't always end peacefully. But I was like, I know what I'm doing. Okay, I'm doing as much as I can. So don't come at me. Don't talk to me about other kids. Don't tell me what other kids are doing. Don't tell me how other kids are in ABIB. Don't tell me what other kids got in colleges for. Don't tell me. I don't care. If I don't keep up with those kids, they're not my friends. Stop telling me about their successes. Because I don't, it's not that I wish bad for them. Mashallah, may Allah bless them with success. But when you're telling me in a tone that, oh, like comparison, like just don't tell me. I don't care because I know I'm doing all that I can. And that didn't always end well, but now Alhamdulillah, it's better. So I'm going to wrap up the wishes here. And if I didn't share your wish, it's only because I probably have given that advice beforehand and it would have come off very similar or repetitive, which is why I didn't share it again. But now the question comes down to, why did I make this episode? I'm going to be honest with you guys. You know, in life, we see so many people. We see so many people's profiles. We see the way that other people live. We see the way that other people are. And we think that they have it all. I'm going to be very honest with you. Other creators, social influencers, whatever y'all want to call them. Okay, I just consider myself to be a random girl that has a podcast. They don't tell you this. But I don't know about what they do. I'm going to tell you about what I do. If I see someone like my Instagram picture, go in my comments, constantly leave me comments, constantly like my story, constantly, you know, share my work everywhere. And then, you know, I open up my Twitter and I see this person also follow me on Twitter and then on TikTok and then they're liking everything. They're DMing me sweet stuff. Like I get curious. I'm like, who is this sweet soul? And it makes me so happy because it shows me that inshallah, hopefully you find whatever I put out to be beneficial that you're following me on all platforms and it, it totally makes me so happy but you know i get kind of curious because i'm like who is a sweet soul let me click on their page and so you know sometimes i've seen y'all's pages no pressure i'm not saying that to you know sound like a snooper but you know just just the basic juice just kind of looking at you you know and if you have a private account i'll leave you alone don't worry but you know just kind of looking at who are you because i find that to be very important and then i at least like you know recognize your name or recognize your profile and i know some people may find that weird but i think that that's a very important thing to do because i don't care how famous someone gets if you have someone constantly supporting you the least you can do is kind of like know their name kind of know like their profile who they are right and i have seen some of you guys you know mashallah mabarak may like guys keep you this way you know where I see your profiles and I'm like, that's beautiful, mashallah, you know, you're starting a family or you got married or you're, you know, some really successful kid in uni or whatever it is. And you see people and you think, wow, they have it all. And it's not until people are put in a place where you ask them, what do you wish for that? You will hear so many things. 
You will hear deep things, sad things, materialistic things. You will hear simple things like wanting to feel more alive, wanting to be free from trauma. And these are things that I think no one ever tells you. You know, the most famous celebrities or the person that looks like that the most iman probably sleeps crying every night. You know what I'm saying? They literally cry themselves to sleep every night because their trauma won't leave them alone. Because they know they'll wake up tomorrow and it'll be another hardship. And my point here is to tell you this. You have wishes. Nothing's wrong with that. You have dreams. Nothing's wrong with that. You can either sit here and think, I wish these things would come to my life. I hate my life. I don't have these things. Or you can sit here and say, I wish I would have these things. And so you're going to try your best in, you know, if you have a situation like that where you could work for it and you could become a better person for it, you could, you know, gain a relationship with God for it and you you will do that. Now, there are some where your wishes are just, you know, family things to heal through trauma, to get over those things. And what would this world be without pain? You know, I had a live podcast talk this morning where a girl told me that she has seen sheikhs tell her that anxiety is not real and that, you know, those negative emotions are not real. Well, I must say then this world is a paradise if that's the case, right? I'll, I'll never understand sheikhs and, you know, people with high positions and titles saying that anxiety, depression, da, 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 is not real. Allah didn't test you with it and maybe maybe he did and maybe you were able to overcome it with prayer and whatnot and of course prayer and all that is key but you know at one point like if you know that you are deteriorating it's going very difficult of course you seek help what's wrong with getting help it also helps your spiritual state but if if me and you're going to sit here and say that this world is not filled with anxiety depression fear and sorrow then me and you are living in paradise because the only thing me and you have to worry about is financials and if me and you are rich and if you know one day we hit the lottery then i'm living in heaven because there will be nothing wrong with me. There will be nothing that makes me sad. There will be nothing that I wish for. There will be nothing that makes me depressed. There will be nothing that keeps me up at night. There will be nothing that gives me trauma. Because apparently, according to, you know, certain people, it's not real. Guys, understand that this is the nature of the dunya. The nature of the dunya is filled with these things. Please, learn to accept those things. Learn to understand those things. Learn to be with those things and learn to heal from those things. Pain will come. You have to let it visit you, but you also have to allow healing to visit you as well. So many people leave the door open, pain comes, and they don't shut the door. They just keep getting hurt, 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 hurt. And then when healing comes to the door and, you know, God's sending healing, you shut the door. Why? Because you just don't want anything else to come in. You, you're going to have to open the door. You're going to have to let things in. You're going to have to accept stuff. That is how things get better, okay? Be grateful. Let's use this episode to, you know, take a moment to say Alhamdulillah. Because we have everything and more that we can ever ask God for. Whether your financial situation is not great or whether your family situation is not great. Today you have woken up and God has given you another chance. And I pray that it is, you know, being useful for you. I hope that all of you guys are stay sa staying safe and having a great Ramadan. Asalaamu Alaikum.